And again, answering are the Eagles. Cato now, 4-3. That's two in a row for the freshman. The steal, the spin, behind the back, behind the back, splitting the double team. What's going on, guys? This is Elliot, joined by Russell. Dawson and Brian are out. I was going to say trick-or-treating, but it's the wrong holiday. <laughs> Maybe they are trick-or-treating. They're probably stuffing some stockings, is what they're doing. They are a bunch of stocking stuffers, aren't they? <laughs> uh, glad to be back. It's been a while. Uh, been real busy with the holidays. Everyone's busy with work and all kinds of shenanigans. We wish you and yours very... Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Kwanzaa. Happy Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa, Samuels. See what I did there? <laughs> All right, we're, we're pretty lame. Um, So let's jump into what we left off with, which I think was the South Dakota State. We had a long hiatus for a little bit, right? Yeah, we did. Um, South Dakota State came and went in the night. Um, there's trying to forget that one already. Right. I, I just realized it was only five days ago. It feels like it was two weeks because I wanted to forget that game like before it ended. It was, it was, you know, one of those couple times throughout the season, there's been a right off the bat in the game. It just looks bad. And there was no chance very early on. It was just one of those games we didn't, it looked like we had never played together. Those kind of things. Yeah. And it wasn't so much turnovers this game. It just was not good. And it was just, uh. Bad shots, bad ball movement. Uh, lack of rebounds. Fouls were killing fouls us. Fouls were game. killing us. Yeah, lack of rebounds. You can say that 14 more times. Or 27, that's how many rebounds we got. <laughs> I think we all can agree that the, the shining moment of this game was Mr. Brian Thomas making his anticipated return. Much anticipated. In the blue and green. He had limited minutes, but it was still good to see him. And yeah, Any bit before conference play that he gets to play is a, is a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. And also Cyrus Largy coming through with nine points. I think that was his career high thus far. Definitely career high and uh, the most minutes he's played in the game too. I think it was 20-something. 23. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's you – know, we talked – I mean, we'll get into a little bit of this um, later, but, you know, Coach Fly has, has now said – it's unexpected that he got all these minutes. I mean, did you expect him to get any minutes? Um, no, he's a walk-on. Exactly, and we're accustomed to, you know, in the past – six plus years for walk-ons getting those end of end of the game minutes you know um think dolan mahoney think max bleacher um legends like that um so to have largely play um so early on and so much and you know over 20 minutes that's that's a rotation guy that's not a walk-on you know well that was i, th- I think that's the only time he's breached that 20 minute yeah definitely but he is proving to be a distributor uh, still needs to work on some turnovers, but his his vision has been pretty impressive, from what I've noticed. He's been yeah. able to drive and and kick it out pretty well, um, and almost be like a a slasher. Yeah, but, slasher, energy guy, go for every, dive for everything. You know that kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. What else do you see from that game against the uh, Jackrabbits? That I mean, it's another tough loss. But were there, were there any positives? I mean, it was a twenty or nineteen point loss. Yeah, um, I mean, not really. Uh, I mean, Cato's been, you know, Mr. Consistency. It was it's, it was really 
disappointing because we were expecting, oh, long break. Let's go to South Dakota State. We've done well. A lot against, of scouting. We've done well against them in the past. Yeah, but it's, I mean, we've been very good in the past, though. <laughs> I know, but it was just last year that we beat yeah. them. Yeah, you're right. Uh, even, I mean, we've gone over this, too. Even last year's team was so different than now. Um, but still, it's... But I mean, we had a right. week, week and a half off. Exactly. You're expecting at least a competitive game. Maybe as a fan, you know, you obviously want to win every game, and so do the players, of course. But um, you at least expect, you know, a, a, a tough game. Maybe they pull away at some point and win by double digits. And that's fine as long as you look good in the process for now. But that, that just didn't happen. What looked good in that game? Um, you know, like like I was saying a little bit, is Cato has been, you know, the consistent force, really the only consistent force all season. Uh, again, he had 13 points, a couple of rebounds, a couple of assists, uh, shot the ball from three pretty well, um, like he usually does. Just, you know, every everything, a little bit of everything for him. Yeah, and Zach Scott had a down night. I think he was still trying to get out of that slump he was in from the last few games. Almost season long for the shooting, and we know he's a good shooter. He's just been, you know, forced to try a little, like, yeah. basically forced to put up certain shots. Right. And that comes with some of the offense problems we've been having where we're we're running, running the play or whatever play we're trying to run, and then it's two seconds on the clock, and you're forced to throw up a yeah. Hurry up, give it to Zach Scott, and then he has to or or Cato. right, and then they have to throw up some trash Brick. shot, and yeah, doink. So yeah, really the only other thing that I think is worth noting, uh, Justice Rainwater had another you know solid game, twelve points. I think that matches a, a high this season for him. And seven rebounds. In a game where we only got 27 rebounds, he got over a fourth of them by himself. So, I mean, he's been... It's rare that he gets less than five a night. And so I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, now we have having Brian Thomas back and getting more minutes every game. Hopefully, hopefully that injury bug stays away the rest of the season and we can start getting more boards. Because that's, you know, among among other things, that's one of our biggest, you know, issues this season is really getting getting rebounds, preventing those second-chance points from the other team. Keep in mind, we went into this game, you know, without having uh, Gagliardi. He got beat up in the... Busted What up. was the last game at home? That what? was Robert Morris. Robert Morris. Yeah. Towards the end of the game, elbow Ooh. to the eye. Or... And, and shout-out to him for going hard the whole time, the whole game. We were losing. There was a chance we could have won that game, and that's, of course, why he's going 100 miles an hour, but... He collided with somebody's like side, shoulder, knee, something. I think it was elbow. Yeah, maybe, and right to like underneath his eye, blood on the floor, and and he was definitely visibly shaken up from that. We didn't hear any of the details. I think he went through a concussion protocol. It just looked like it. Nobody yeah. said that, but it, I mean, the fact he couldn't walk off the court by himself. Um, he just looked wobbly. It it looked concussiony. If I had to say anything. And he hasn't played the last two games. So hopefully we get him back soon and you know, well wishes to him. And then moving on to the most recent game at home, um, we played St. Thomas, which is a fellow NAIA squad. Came out with the W. It's a pretty solid game all around. Our offense was looking a little bit better, clicking, flowing. Um I want to, before I forget, we were just talking about Gags being out, but Malik Hardy didn't play this game either. No, and after the game, Coach said he's just kind of a little bit of a re-aggravation there. I guess he wasn't practicing before either. It was kind of a situation where 
um, I'm healthy, maybe 80%. Just, uh, this is just me putting a number on there, not anybody, not any intel or anything, but you know, I'm 80%. I can give it that much in a game, but if I practice that increases my likelihood that I get hurt again and you know, something, something like that. But, um, so yeah, without, without Sam Gagliardi, without Malik Hardy, and that was a rhyme. Well, we all know Gags will be back at some point. Yeah, that wasn't like a bone but structure. Do you think issue. this Malik Hardy thing can be a recurring thing that we got to monitor and kind of be? I would say it's almost of? it's almost obvious that it's going to be a season long thing. Um, and that may be the case for Brian Thomas too. No, don't even say something like that. Well, even even if he plays, even if Malik comes back and plays the next game, it's it's. Between those two and Tracy Hector, it kind of just seems like they're whatever they're dealing with is just something that needs some time. Fragile, and, right? Well, not necessarily fragile. They just this <laughs> season needs some time, but you have games that you need to play, and they, they want to play that they can help in. So it's, yeah. So I guess we really just have to pray for no more injuries. Oh yes, yes we do. <laughs> because if we have any of them guys or anyone else get hurt mm-hmm. those guys are going to have to step up and if they're kind of dealing with a, a past right aggravated whatever mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to keep them yeah keep them going but let's talk about st thomas there was a lot of positives as we mentioned it was a 22 point victory it should have been probably 30 yeah let's let's talk reality and that's that's a 30 plus point victory um i saw some things on you know social media people say what they want to say people have their own opinions and whatnot just like you and me but like there was there was some points that were made about um, them scoring more than us in the second half in a blowout, and I'm like, that's not that's not like that's not a valid point, because if you even watched a second of that second half, then you knew that we had built the lead up to almost forty. I think it was thirty seven at one point in the second half with under ten minutes to go, and what do you expect a coach to keep playing the you know, the starters that, that are in theory going to make us competitive in conference play and risk injury when it's not necessary, or you think he's going to put in youth. And, you know, the, even when, when putting in youth, we saw some maybe lineups that, that might be our future coming up with Kwanzi in and Dakota in at the same time as the bigs with Jalen Harper at the point, all three of our freshmen in with Largy and other freshmen walk on, like we've been saying, getting more minutes. He was in and things like that, like that's that's looking at the future right there. That's amazing that you get an opportunity in non-conference play to see all those guys out who might be fantastic for you in one to two years time, and as your primary starters. But and then of course in the last minute or so we put the scout team on, which is always great to see because that means you're dominating and it means they get a chance to you know show what they got. Um, and but you know and that's great and all, but we gave up I think seven points in the last like minute while they were in so that's obviously very skewed in the score but enough of that um enough of my tangent um it was amazing i don't care who it's against st thomas or duke it's amazing to see your team win and dominate and i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna let the fact that it's against an naia team like take away from my happiness that we dominated because it's great to see the guys that you root for succeed no of course not and you know like you said minus the last couple minutes, few minutes, whatever it was, the turnover was the turnover game was good. Right. We it finished up, good. Like fourteen so far. It's it's average. Well it should have been ten. Right. There was exactly. probably four garbage exactly. turnovers that were kinda them playing because negligent. they're angry. Yeah. yeah. And then us kind of, you know, relaxing. The most impressive thing of of this game that I thought was definitely the twenty one assists we had. That was season high 
Yeah, to only 14 turnovers at the end of the day. And if you do take off those four-ish or whatever, yeah, that's a two-to-one ratio, give or take. That's what you shoot for. 21 assists. Um, St. Thomas had five the entire game. <laughs> so we were we were playing stifling defense and, and preventing them from getting any sort of rhythm going. Uh, Tracy Hector... He was flirting, sort of flirting with a triple double. He I was mean, he was flirting with flirting with a triple double. Yeah, if that he, makes sense. <laughs> he sent one winky winky face. Yeah, yeah, but nothing more. Right, but um, <laughs> to be specific, uh, six points, seven assists, five rebounds, and that's kind of what we've seen from him so far. He's not he's not gonna he's not gonna have a twenty point night. I don't think either of us expect that, or he maybe even expects that, but he might get. Close to ten rebounds, he might get close to ten points, he might get close to ten assists. You know, the assist is very impressive. Exactly, seven of them, and and the passes that they weren't just like, "Ooh, look, an open guy." They were like, he could see, he could no look. It was, you know, it was it was skilled passing and and smart from him. He also seemed to have like he looked the most peppiest. Yeah, he was he was like light he, on his feet. He was moving. Mm-hmm. He was geared up. I always feel like I always feel like he's Draymond Green. I know that's. You know, we're not gonna get into player comps or anything like that, NBA comparisons. But he's like the do it all. You never know what stat he's gonna get a lot of in, in a game, you know, whether it's maybe ten assists and he doesn't score any points or ten rebounds and he doesn't do much else, but he's just useful in some area every game. And then of course you had the the tried and true tandem of Zach Scott and Caleb Caddo, and then also Combined with Jalen Warren for a stellar performance off the bench, they they all had over fifty points, or it might have been fifty points. Uh, let's see, uh, thirty. Well, forty-one. I'm a tweet. It's exactly fifty points. Actually. I'm reading a tweet that says oh. fifty points. Well, math, simple, dumb guy math. It's cooler if I say fifty plus points. Yeah. Or plus or minus. Plus or minus fifty. Points. Greater than or equal to 50, right. 50 points. Right, we don't need to get into math. But anyways, <laughs> Jalen Warren uh, probably had. For minutes and overall play, the the best game. His his uh plus or minus like efficiency was plus thirty six, I believe it, was. it might have been thirty seven, but that's fantastic. It was the best on the team. When he was in the game, we were dominating basically. Yep. And I'd like to go back and kind of check these stats sometimes. I'm not gonna do it right now, but it seems like when he plays well, we win the game. Um. The other game that stands out to me, obviously. Well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> FAU. Right. And But, I mean, when he's leading the team. 33 per, or 67% of our wins, he's played really well. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. <laughs> um, and I don't recall how he played against Florida Tech, but I'm sure it wasn't too bad. Um, but anyways. So, Jalen Warren, if you're listening, just, you know, go full Black yeah, Mamba every night. Go at it. Make that shot fall. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Zach Scott and it was fantastic to see the ball go in the net for him. Cause even, I know they're bad shots. We've been talking about a lot that he's forced to be taking, but it seems like through large parts of the season, there's just a lid on it for him. And, you know, I trust that guy to make a shot. He's a great shooter and I, it's, he is bottom line. And so when he finally gets an open shot and it's still not going in, that's unfortunate. And so to see, he was four of six from three against St. Thomas. And, you know, again, dumb guy mass is about 67%. So, you know, it's great to see him shoot the ball well, finish with 19 points, five rebounds. And, yeah. So all in all, it was a good win. <laughs> good win. Brandon. 
you know, it's tough because a lot of the students were gone. It's Christmas time. You have a dwindling crowd, Christmas time. But there's still 2,000 plus people there. Yeah. Um, decent environment. It was just it was just refreshing and much needed to get that W, especially looking forward to December 29th when we travel to... All the way to the left West coast. coast. <laughs> left coast, West coast. Left coast? Yeah, I've heard it called left coast oh, before. Well, I don't want to hear that. Eh, I'm about it. Okay. Anyways, USC, of course, Andy Enfield, a longtime mentor of Michael Fly and previous head coach. They get to duel now. Michael Fly takes his young team over to USC, and I, I don't, I'm not sure if USC's record. Can you give us a yeah update? Uh, USC is fantastic this year. Oh, they're they're that's gonna, great. Yeah, isn't it? They're ten and two. Okay, and they got the number one player. Yeah, is it? Next they, year? they have the number one recruit in the nation coming into the program. Next but they year. have they're stacked this year yeah, too. They have they have some damn good players this year, and we'll get into that a little bit more in the in the preview article that'll come out within a week or so. Um, obviously before the game, but also right now they um, now again forgive me this uh, pronunciation, but Onyeka Okongwu seems to be their their best player. He is averaging about 18 points a game, nine rebounds a game, and over three blocks per game. So yeah, he's six foot nine, 245 pounds. Want to know what academic class he's in? The University of Shredded Beef? Well, yeah, but I meant here. He's a freshman. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice to be a Power 5 school? Except at the same time, like, as a fan, I would hate having one-and-dones. Because he's probably a one and done. You can't, I mean, in USC's conference, you can't average 18 points a game, nine rebounds, and three blocks a game as a freshman and not go in the first But if you have one and dones every year, like Duke, Michigan State, whoever. Uh, Kentucky is the main. That means you're going to be good every year. Of course. Uh, What, I mean, that's. You just can't get attached to your one and dones. Right. Which, I mean, it does it. I don't think it cheapens your success. But I also you also don't see those teams winning championships. Nah, but it's hard to win a championship. Right. They'll go deep. They'll make the tournament every like, year. Like I'm always gonna root for Gonzaga in the tournament because they they do it the fun way as a fan. They're they're also a mid major technically, but they're number one in the nation of right course. now. Of course. Underdogs till we die. Right. But they I mean their players are guys who've been in the program three, four years. And that's what makes it fun to watch. Guys that grow with the team, and that's really what you know Fly's trying to establish here. At FGCU, guys who play all four years, guys who, you know, learn from past members of the program and continue the legacy. But actually, uh, this guy, uh, Okongwu, looks like he may have been teammates with some of the Ball brothers. Chino Hills High School. Hmm. Hmm. Is right. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> So yeah, something to note, USC hasn't beat anybody like crazy, like no one has been ranked that they've beat, if I'm looking at this right. Um, They did play South Dakota State, speaking of the Jackrabbits, and beat them by 18, nearly 20. Considerable margin. Yep, considerable win. But yeah, they haven't played any real powerhouses, I mean, I'm I'm looking at their, their past schedule now, and... The Villanova game was an exhibition. Temple, Marquette. There's no uh, 
TCU. Yeah, they lost to Marquette. LS, too. LSU has been the biggest name school, arguably, that they played. Yeah. So. Well, they lost to Marquette considerably, twenty-two points. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even see that. I and I don't. That. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be very wrong, but I don't. I haven't heard of Marquette as being like um, one of the better teams in the nation this year. But if I'm ridiculously wrong, you can take that out of this podcast. <laughs> so once USC gets the conference play, they'll be dealing with some big boys over there. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, the UCLA. Pac-12. UCLA, Cal. number 21, Washington. Number six, Oregon. Yeah. Uh, number 24, Arizona. So they, they got their hands full come conference play. But regardless, they still got great players, and it's going to be a – It'll be a challenge. Uh, It'll be a huge challenge. I don't think we're going to win, just to be frank. No, but no. I mean, it, it'd be... Again, we're looking for improvements. Right. I just want to see a decent game. Um, I don't want to see... I don't want to see us score 50 points. I don't want to see us score under 50 points again. All I'm hoping for in a game like this, where we're outmatched, uh, talent... Obviously, may, maybe, yeah. Maybe size, I'm not sure. Definitely. I uh, mean, we don't have a 6'9", 245 no. guy. Not even Brian Thomas. The high-wise, like they they're probably not... Too much taller. No, I don't. That's not really what kind of players Enfield yeah. wants. But anyways, all I'm hoping for that I'd be happy with, as far as an improvement, is limit the turnovers yep. again. If you can do that, it shows that the IQ. Realistically, is, if you get about 15, honestly, like I'd be okay with that because that means the game was semi clean, 15 or less, ideally. Yeah. Um, score 60 plus points, 70 ish. Um, look decent on defense. Good well, ball we've rotation. We've only scored 70 plus and maybe two games, three, three games. games, yeah. I think UMBC we got there, yeah. Florida Tech, and then obviously St. Thomas. And um, Florida Tech. I said that. You said that. <laughs> I thought you said FAU. Anyways, um, yeah, just a good, decently clean game. That's all you can really expect. It'll be, I mean, the it's not, if we were a better team record-wise as well, it would be a bigger story, like, ooh, can Michael Fly upset? You know, his mentor. And they really do have a good relationship, it seems. And, you know, the pressers and, and whatnot. When asked about, you know, going to play uh, Coach Enfield, um, you know, Coach Fly has been very, very um, complimentary of him. He, um, you know, advocated for the hiring of Coach Fly here at FGCU. He was with us for only two years, unfortunately. But those were at least one of the most exciting years that we had. I might be about to say an outlandish statement, but didn't both of them come from Florida State? Yep. Okay. Was right. uh, what was it? Uh, Hamilton. Coach Hamilton, I think it right. was, at Florida State. Yep. Uh, Enfield was his lead assistant. Fly was a video coordinator, yep, I yep, think. that's right. Um, so Fly and him have a very good relationship, brought him over to FGCU, and, you know, to kind of groom him, him and Marty Richter at the time as that, you know, heir apparent. Now, say we win. <laughs> let's, let's just dream don't just, don't just drop that in there you gotta prep me for that no, that's no. a big if <laughs> no let's just dream for a minute okay let's dream imagine the headlines what would it be um a lot of disbelief dunk, dunk city junior dunks all over dunk city mayor dunk city dunk city dunk dunk city dunk city that's probably what it would be you, you know sports center is gonna be like oh yeah and uh Former Dunk City. It's the battle of the Dunk Cities here tonight. <laughs> we know nothing about FGCU. <laughs> and there were no dunks tonight, but yeah. Dunk City. Yeah, something like that. But um, 
so say if we want to, you know, go wild and say we upset them, how much would that like change your outlook on this season? Like how much, like how it depends could, if it's a, if it's a, if USC plays terrible and we went on a buzzer beater. Well, would, I mean, that's great too. Cause that means we made them play terrible. Somewhat. I mean, even if they're turning the ball over a bunch, like guess no, who's getting say, the steals? Like, in this scenario, if they Missing shot open shots, if they shot eight percent, and it wasn't like great like, defense, yeah, eight percent, and it was just trash. I I say, I mean, you still got. I still be happy about it, even, but I don't think it. I think I'd have to see another win, like like you were saying to me off mic. We'd go into Liberty fully confident if you yeah. were upset US. You'd have all the confidence in the world. Yeah, I you, wouldn't. I wouldn't pick us against Liberty. No, but you would but go in I with would, a lot I would, more. Exactly. I don't know how you as a player. If something crazy like that happened, beating USC of all teams, that you couldn't be juiced the hell up for a long time for the next month about that, and, and unless you lost by thirty-five to Liberty, but right, well, that might offset everything. But if <laughs> even if you were to lose to Liberty, if you played within ten points, say an eight-point loss, something like that, you'd carry all that momentum from the USC win into oh, all the rest of the games. It'd be huge. Yeah. At this point, we have two wins over non-D one schools. And one comeback come from behind buzzer beater against a D one team. Yeah, you might argue it's lucky win against FAU. Right. Nah, it's not lucky. We it's came not, back because we we, we, we would have went into we would have went into overtime even if we didn't score. I that. take that back. Yeah, that was good stuff. But yeah, USC. I don't know. We'll see what Santa brings. It's after Christmas. Do you think we need new shoes or like the players need new shoes? Maybe Santa can bring some. Of the latest kicks. Well, uh, Dakota Rivers. We saw that shoe change. If you ever we listen to this, uh, Elliot really doesn't like your pink shoes. It's not that I don't like them. I just don't like them. <laughs> I don't mind them. I just want you to play well. Um, we saw you make the switch. Yeah, and you, then... you wore some shoes. I don't know if you got blisters <laughs> or something, because you changed those before halftime. plantar fasciitis. Yeah, plantar fasciitis. I've struggled with that, bud. I mean, you may be too. I don't know. Um. But yeah, you changed them to some kind of, I think it was neon greens or something. It was like kind of FGCU green, but a little bit more flashy. And took them right back off and put those old faithful pinks on. You know what we're missing is the, the slides. Oh, yeah. The Nike slides. From So in case nobody has noticed, uh, on the TV <laughs> Nobody's broadcast, ever going to know this because no. our minds are f***ed. Right. We have some f***ed <laughs> up minds. Anyways, yeah, we, uh, we think kind of abstractly. So if you care to notice in the future sometimes on a tv broadcast the players are obviously moving so fast and it sort of looks like it looks like (laughs) players are wearing slides like nike flip-flops with the socks on they're wearing black socks with like (laughs) that or maybe it's the opposite no it's black socks with don't matter just with slides flip-flops and like uh, Cedric Kazmir. Yeah, he was he was the, King the last of the slides. guy, the last guy to wear slides. It looked like his shoes were slides from the TV. And then after our battle at USC, 2020 comes in. Second day of 2020, we take on the Flames. That's burning. That's hot. Yeah. In Alico Arena. At Alico. I don't know if I'm gonna make it. I gotta work in Tampa all day. I'm definitely going to make it. I know you are. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm not working that whole week. Well, that's great. Some of us aren't as privileged. I wouldn't call myself privileged. I am gonna be working just sort of remotely. Isn't that like the future? Yeah, I guess. 
Big Brothers Big Sisters where the future happens. <laughs> Plug. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm not ready to talk about Liberty yet. Uh, we'll probably unless uh, unless you are. No, nah, not really. I, I mean, just know they're they're fantastic, is what they are, and everybody knows that. Um, it's gonna be a rough game, but I'd like to I'd like to wait until to see how we perform against USC to see how I feel going into a game against Liberty. So with Liberty coming up, you know, starting conference, new year, well, not, I mean, new uh, calendar year, second half of the season, it's almost a new year, strictly conference play, everything changes. Based on what you've seen so far, what players need to shine or step up in order for us to have, I'm I'm hopeful for a 500 conference, that'd be great. So I agree, but real quick, who's been your MVP so far? In the non-conference. Hmm, that's tough. It comes down to one of the dynamic duo, Zach Scott, Caleb Cat. I'm trying to think who is more about, like if I had to lose one, who would I rather keep? For me, I'm going to have to say Caleb Cato. Yeah, I hear you, I hear you there. Um, and we all know what Zach Scott can do, and it's unfortunate his shot hasn't been falling because I think that... Um, in a more like ideal scenario, he's probably the one that would, you know, have the more gaudy numbers. And he does actually lead the team in points per game, but I would agree that it's probably Cato out of those two. Um, again, just consistent. And he's always around 10 points a game. He's always a few rebounds, a few assists, a few steals. Um, his on ball defense is really good. He's a little bit more of a Swiss army knife. Yeah. He can distribute, he can lead in other areas like that don't involve scoring. He's at least good at everything. Um, at the very least good at it. Um, as far as not saying the same player, I would also say just in like a pure, you know, Iron Man statistical, you know, sense, Rainwater. I mean, he's had his up and down moments. Um, but especially with the injury to Brian Thomas, his whole first, you know, non-conference schedule, it's, it's been him, um, being the guy 30 minutes a game about almost, um, down low, playing against the opposing team's best player, always scoring around 10 points, always getting upwards of 10 rebounds. And it doesn't always look pretty, but he's not going to always look pretty. He's, he's you know, diving around on the floor, rolling around, getting all the loose balls, stuff like that. So is it safe to say that those guys, Cato, Rainwater, their numbers are going to stay the same, if not elevate, in conference play? Um, I would hope that at least Cato's elevate. I also, I mean, the other guy you're t- mentioning, Zach Scott, I think it's... Well, I was talking about Rainwater too, but... Yeah, but yeah. I think um, I think definitely Zach Scott's numbers elevate. I think Cato's could stay the same, and it would still be just as good. Um, we could have more success with him playing exactly how he's been playing, as long as other players around him kind of I work mean, on that. I mean, in theory, Especially being midway point in the season, you'd hope everyone's numbers elevate. Right. Um, that seems to be the trend in, in all mm-hmm. seasons. I mean, and well, a lot of players who play in non-conference play get significantly less minutes come conference play. And you can look to guys like Dakota Rivers, Quanzie Samuels, Jalen Harper. Um, they they might be getting a few less minutes a game. Um, you know, unless this scenario calls for something different, but. The, um, you know, to kind of answer your question though about who needs to step up, who is a candidate to step up, I think that's got to be Brian Thomas. 
And I think also to go along with your follow-up question of numbers kind of elevating or staying the same or whatever, Justice Rainwater's numbers might decrease a little bit if Brian Thomas can play a full, you know, slate of minutes in a game, 20-ish a game. Just He doesn't have to play 40 minutes, 30 minutes or whatever, just 20-ish. And if he starts averaging, you know, 6 to 10 points a game, starts getting upwards of 10 rebounds a game, then that's... You know, there's only so many minutes in a game. If he plays 20 minutes as a five, Rainwater is going to play 20 minutes at a five. I can't imagine they're both going to be on the floor at the same time. But, I mean, if he's healthy, then I don't see why he, you know, wouldn't be solid, at least with us elevating in the rebounding game. And I think that's so important for us going forward. That changes our team having a reliable couple of threats because imagine rainwater off the bench like he's explosive if he's not tired if he's rested well rainwater and rivers off the bench right yeah exactly i mean i mean we've seen that from rivers when 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 rainwater's playing we're talking about water we're just talking about a bunch of liquids right now um anyways the tandem of rainwater and river yeah river rainwater river rainwater anyways when <laughs> when justice rainwater is is playing you know, a lot of minutes, and then we throw in Dakota. He always seems to score right away. Even if he only gets four points in the game, those two baskets typically come right when he's subbed in because he's fresh, he's athletic, and he takes advantage of somebody who's been playing the whole game. And imagine if someone like Rainwater can do that if Brian Thomas is the workhorse down low. So I think that really, especially against smaller A-Sun teams, Brian Thomas looks like a man out there. He, lo- I know he's about the same height as you know, our other bigs, but he looks just beefier. He looks taller. He looks stronger. All of those things. And that, I mean, how just could that older too? Right. I mean, you know. Just mature. Speaking of maturity, the other, I like to add to that is I think, uh, Jalen Warren needs to show a little bit more leadership going into conference play. And he has, but I mean, as far as we're talking about who's going to improve, he needs to, he needs to take that sec that whatever call it. Right. Third, third step. Yeah. The uh, You know, I think our ideal lineup, too, is with him starting at the point. Uh, unfortunately, when he's started, he hasn't necessarily had the best games. And I don't know if that's because he's starting and therefore game-planned against, or if he's, you know, at this point just better as a spark off the bench. But, you know, it's when, as we said earlier, when he plays well, we win. And, you know, it's... So with him in the starting lineup, that would be ideal. That way... Zach Scott can play a more natural position of like a two guard. Caleb Caddo can play the three guard. But when he's not in the game, you know, Harper has been getting the start, but he's not playing that much many minutes, like 10. So it's like, I, I don't really know. Well, who who started the point for St. Thomas? I know it's a little bit different. Harper. The last two games. Okay. But uh, the first game, I believe he got seven minutes. Because I would almost argue that you could interchange Caddo as the point and Warren as the two slash three depend on the lineup. Well, I do think that I liked the spark that a healthy Gagliardi, you know, assuming health um, kind of gave us because he's actually very good on defense as an on ball defender and just, just a defender in general, three and D guy. And so I, I did like the, the lineup when it was Cato Scott and Gagliardi in his guards, but almost Gagliardi is like perfect for off the bench too. Yeah, exactly. You kind of want bring your... in, you bring in, 
fresh bigs that mm-hmm. may not score as much, but then you got the the firepower of Gagliardi. Well, what I'll say is Gagliardi off the bench is great, especially if Zach Scott's shot is falling, because you really you want that three point threat. Always there. Yeah, you want that three point threat in your starting lineup, and Cato's a good a good shooter, a good three point shooter, but doesn't always show up in the stats. And Warren, has, he doesn't take many threes. Um, when he takes them, he's he's decent at them, but it's not it's not one of his you know best skills. So I, you definitely need a, a three point shooter in your starting lineup. So yeah, that's looking at conference play at a glance and kind of what we think needs to change going into twenty twenty in the second half of the year. Uh, we got to stick through it, through thin or thin. <laughs> Through thick or thin. <laughs> I know it's not looking good, but both thins, man. That's just bad or bad. <laughs> I still strongly think that we will turn the ship around in conference play. Yeah, just a matter of when and how effectively. On a much more positive note, how about the uh, FGC women's team? Hell yeah. Hail to the Eagles. Oh. They're... they're uh, Killing it out there. Tearing it up. 12-2 and two on the season. Had a heartbreaking loss to LSU at home, but it was still a great game. That was a fantastic game. That was like one of the most exciting games I've watched in a while. Yeah, we, we couldn't make it in person, but we were yelling at it on our couch. And I watched it on my phone, and then when I got home, I flipped it on the TV real quick. Yeah, it was it was a tough one to lose, but still, I mean... We're well, going into the third quarter, and, and a lot of the, the fourth quarter, they were they were winning... Uh, or playing very competitive, the ladies were, against LSU. And do you remember, I can't remember their names or their numbers on LSU, but they had two women who lo- were like 6'5 apiece. I think it was number 24 and maybe number 5 there or something like that. There were a couple. That. They were six foot five, And like hulking over our players. And somehow we're still getting the rebounds. We're still finding open shots, still working it down low. It, it didn't matter. Like, that's just how we do it. No players over six feet tall in years and still find a way to, you know, play against six foot five ladies. But, um, you know, lost to Temple or to LSU, but uh, we beat Temple yesterday by 25 points, 26 points, sorry. And to get back in the win column. And I mean, like clockwork, just look good, look fantastic against a good program. But who's next on their agenda? Oh, you want to know who's next? Oh, wait. Yeah. I remember. Duke. The Blue Devils. Blue Devils. Uh, ACC team coming into an A-Sun team's arena. One of the biggest opponents, probably, probably the biggest opponent to ever step foot in. Alico Arena. Right. They'll, they'll be blessed to be here. Yeah, they'll cursed. be so <laughs> they'll be glad. Uh, but yeah, so a, a strong Duke women's squad coming to Alico Arena the 29th Sunday, 2 p.m. You can make it out to Alico Arena, watch the women. Um, I definitely want to go. And later that night at like 10 p.m. or something is when the men's game starts because it's on the on the West Coast, so California time. So you got plenty of time to come out see the women, maybe do some tailgating. Uh, get home, relax, flip on the men's game, and what a great basketball day. What a great way to end 2019. As long as we both get W's. Even if we don't both get W's. W. I just want to see two good games. Yeah. 
Well, that's going to do it here for the podcast. Um, we had fun wrapping up kind of the non-conference season. We're excited for the USC game. Win, lose, or draw. Um, we're excited to have Duke come to the nest. And we're looking forward to a strong 2020, hopefully. Go Eagles. Happy holidays. To you and yours. Bye.